Hi, it's Chris Luna, dating coach for Craft Charisma. Welcome to the Craft Charisma podcast, our free audio coaching program where we assemble and interview some of the best experts in the world to help you become the man that you've always wanted to be. Our guest today is Justin Stenstrom. Justin is a Boston-based dating coach who focuses on dating for shy men. He's the author of a book called Giving Shy Guys Game, available on Amazon, as well as a 10-page ebook called The Seven Secrets of Approaching Women During the Day, which can be downloaded for free at his website, givingshyguysgame.com. Justin, you often describe yourself as a guy who was once shy and lonely. Can you explain what you mean by that and describe how your life has changed? Back in high school, I, throughout school, middle school, high school, when I was younger, I had a lot of friends at first, you know, um, you know, when you're little, you have like parties at your house, you, you're cool, you always have like these sleepovers and everything. As high school came around though, um, I sort of lost touch with a lot of the kids I was growing up with and became insecure and didn't have as many friends and a good social life, you could say. So naturally I was shy, I didn't talk to a lot of people, I was an introvert in class. I would never raise my hand unless, uh, never talk unless someone like the teacher called on me. So it was very tough to actually have a social circle where I could like talk to girls and meet girls. And this lasted throughout my entire high school um, career. For four years, I didn't have any dates. I didn't talk to any girls. I was just really shy, lonely. And it got to the point where I was getting anxiety and even panic attacks over this. And I was really depressed for for a few years there and it was just really really tough for me in high school but um, it completely changed after I found the whole dating community I found um, started researching all the dating coaches and pickup artists and doing my own research and pushing myself and just deciding that I wanted to change my life and become more outgoing and social and fun like I was when I was a younger kid, you know? Yeah, no, that, that's awesome. I think a lot of the people who are listening to this kind of felt that, feel the same way, right? They've gone through, some people are just kind of, I feel like naturally they've always been shy and some people kind of go through phases where um, they're more social and then they feel more restricted. And um, But when you're struggling through that phase of, of your life, uh, which I know a lot of listeners uh, either have been through or are in now, um, it sucks. So uh, no, I think that's amazing. I, I'm, I'm curious, how did you make this change? And kind of what was that process? How long did it take? I made the change. It all actually started for me. The, I made my decision to, to make a change in my life when this one girl in high school who I really liked and I thought it was going good. You know, she was talking to me for a few weeks, texting me all the time saying how much she liked me and how we were going to hang out and have a great time. And then one day we're supposed to go to, I think it was the movies, and I was texting her and texting her a few times and she didn't answer me. I ended up calling her a couple more times, still no answer. Uh, I was thinking in my head all kinds of crazy things that something must have happened to her, that she must have got sick or she must have gotten in a car accident or something crazy because what was going on, you know? But... What actually happened was she found out how needy I was, how insecure I was, and through just through texting me and talking to me and figuring out where I was and who, who I actually was at the time, she just got completely turned off and she stopped talking to me. She completely ignored me. Um, the worst part was, was this girl I had to sit right next to in class. I had like three classes with her and we had like the same, uh, uh, close to the same last name. So we would sit right next to each other in three classes. So it was awful. Yeah, it sucks. Yeah. And every day I would have to sit next to this girl. And I still never even found out why she stopped ignoring me. It was just completely awkward, though. But that night, I do remember going home. I actually thank the girl now because that night I went home and started researching all kinds of stuff and Googling stuff. And I stumbled upon the whole dating community. And from there, I started implementing all these crazy ideas that which at the time I, it didn't make any sense all like the the counterintuitive um, ideas that these guys were offering. Can you give me like a specific example of that? Yeah, well, one of the first guys I, I came across was uh, who really struck home was David D'Angelo and his whole cocky comedy thing. Mm -hmm. 
and that actually really helped me out a lot with before I was more uh, needy and trying to like uh, I want to say uh, kiss kiss girls asses basically and yeah, you were even saying that in the text you said that you were sending needy texts like what what type of text were you sending her like what 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 is it that text like if she says like oh if she's trying to be flirty and say something like oh you look cute or something like that I would jump all over that and say oh you look beautiful and gorgeous and uh, I can't wait to see you and just things that were way over the top and not appropriate at the time and yeah. just giving up so much value to her even when I didn't know her really I only knew her for a couple of weeks so and not only that, sending needy texts like that, but just texting her all the time and texting her too frequently, which completely killed any attraction. Actually, it kind of leads to a couple of things that I think are worth kind of talking about. How does a guy judge whether or not the responses or timing of his text, like how does he know if uh, he's texting too much? How, how, do you, how do you think a guy makes that judgment? Generally, what I tell uh, my clients is to wait as long as she waits and I know that's a general term but if you're waiting just about as long as she is and maybe even a few minutes longer you're subconsciously communicating that you're not um, like waiting for her response that you're not sitting by your phone and just waiting for her to text you back because that displays neediness so if you can just be patient about it and wait a couple extra minutes or wait just as long as she's waiting you communicate that you're on the same level, the same playing field, and they really—it's more effective that way. Yeah, and that makes sense. Even in our classes, we talk a lot about um, that concept, but in the terms of in terms of mirroring, and we talk about it from text all the way through body language, right? Like only you only want to give a girl as much rapport as she gives you. For example, if she's turned her back on you, you probably don't want to continue to face her. So. Um, Absolutely. That, that's interesting. You, something else that you said that I think is worth exploring is you talked a little bit about uh, giving up too much value and not doing what was appropriate at the time. Yep. Right. So I guess maybe in some ways this falls into the same concept, but can you explain kind of what that means? You're, in the example, you were saying that you would tell her that she was, she'd compliment you and then you would go way over the top and say she was beautiful. Can you explain this a little bit in a little bit more detail? Yeah, well... Basically, when you meet a girl uh, anywhere, you're trying to display as much value and be on her level, if not above her level, so that she wants to, so that she's attracted to you. Basically, if you're if you're lesser value than her, or if you're giving up too much value and saying that she's this great thing and putting her on a pedestal, she's going to be looking down at you. She's not gonna um, she's not gonna be wanting to get into a relationship or even hook up with a guy who's lesser than her. So basically just by being on her playing field, being an equal to her, you are able to raise that attraction so much higher. That's, this is excellent. Can you explain a little bit maybe uh, about value? Um, what ex exactly is value? I mean, I understand the concept, but some of the listeners, I remember when I was learning, I didn't, people, coaches would talk about value and I'd be like, what is he talking about value? Um, can you kind of explain that a little bit? Value is basically just the the social uh, social intelligence that you have. It's the attraction that you have. It's the amount of game that you have. It's all those things wrapped up into one. So when you meet another girl, she has a certain amount of value, whether it's from her looks or just the way she carries herself or her confidence or all a number of things. Mostly looks for guys because guys are primarily attracted to to um, looks and women, and women are primarily attracted to social skills, which is why we teach game, because we can work on those social skills and we can improve our game and therefore improve our value. But for guys, we want to improve our social skills, our game, our overall value that way, and women um, have their value primarily from looks. Also confidence, like I said, in the way they carry themselves, but... If we want to um, display more value, we can't give up our value, which means we can't uh, look inferior to them. We can't be beneath them at all. When things like texting and neediness come around, um, that completely kills our value and puts them up higher. 
And like I said, they're not going to want to be with someone who's lesser than them or who is inferior to them. So we have to keep strong game and we have to keep um, working on ourselves and improving ourselves and we can't uh, be needy and, and kill attraction and things like that because it just completely kills our value in their eyes and it, com it kills our chances with being with them. Oh, this is great. Um, so how, how long did we, I, one of the questions I asked and we kind of moved around a little bit, but how long did it take you to kind of go through this process and, and make this transformation? Uh, it took me about, after high school, it took me about two to three years to really get good with girls. I started when I was 18, senior year, right when that girl uh, basically dumped me is when I started searching all this stuff and it took me a good two to three years to really get good. Okay, cool. And, and how often were you going out? How often were you interacting in social situations with women? I was going out probably three to four times a week at first mm -hmm. and just approaching every single girl I saw. I was um, obviously terrible at first, getting rejected basically every single time I did it, but I knew just I felt something inside that, that like this was the right thing to do and that if I just kept working at it, I, I knew that I was going to get good at it. So that just kind of motivated me and drove me to keep trying. So it probably took uh, maybe six months for me to actually start getting successful with approaching girls mm -hmm. because I was terrible at first, like I said. But I was slowly, slowly getting better at it. And another thing that really helped me too was starting to hang out with this kid I call, I, in, the, in my book, I call him the natural. Mm -hmm. He was unbelievable with women. Every single thing he ever did uh, pertaining to women, he was successful with. Um, he wasn't good at, say, approaching, and he didn't actually like approaching at all. But the thing with him is, like, if we go out to uh, a night scene, like a club or a bar, he would just naturally attract all these women. And he knew exactly what to say and how to act and how to put himself in that position where he had, like, so much value that these women would just fall for him left and right. And just by hanging out with him, I hung out, he's actually one of my best friends now, but just by hanging out with him, I learned so much on how to communicate with women and how to be effective with um, attracting them. What do, you, what do you think he was doing that was different than what you were doing? What he was doing is he was, he didn't even, the, the thing is, like I say, he's a natural, so he didn't even uh, consciously know what he was doing, but what he was doing looking back on him was just being completely confident in himself, in, him, in himself, and he had this dominant presence about him. Where he's not a big guy. I myself, I'm like five foot seven on a good day. He's just the same exact height as me, so he's not like physically imposing or physically dominant. But the way he carries himself and the way he communicates with girls is just unbelievable. He he walks into the room and he owns the room. So he's a short guy, but he if there's ten alpha guys in the room, he's the most alpha guy in there. And it's crazy because he just holds this position about himself and a confidence about himself that's just totally unwavering, and girls pick up on that. So if he meets a, a 10 at, at a bar, completely stunning, gorgeous girl, that 10 to him is just another girl. She's like a 5 because he knows exactly what to say to her, exactly how to communicate with her, and she picks up on it, and all of a sudden he becomes a 10 in her eyes. And... And that's yep. probably probably also the consequence of having dated other girls like that, right? Like once you've dated oh, uh, uh, desirable yeah. women, then what happens is other women pick it up because you communicate with uh, other women like her uh, differently than guys who haven't dated women like that, yep. right? And so a lot of what you're describing as kind of your journey was a lot of kind of trial and error, many successes until you built those skill sets until uh, you could attract the type of women that you really want. Is that, would you agree with that or? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. No, it's, no this is great, man. Um, there's some really great, great stuff here. For a guy who's in the early stages of his, of his journey or of this journey, he's just kind of starting out. Where should where should he begin? I recommend um, anybody just starting out to actually open an online dating profile. I know it's uh, some guys, some coaches recommend it, some guys don't, but Go on a, a free dating site. Go to POF or you know OKCupid, okay uh, one of the other ones out there, and just start messaging girls and talking to girls. Go on Facebook, start messaging girls, 
start emailing girls and the more you actually start communicating with them and getting that contact going the more it opens you up to uh, what to say what works and what doesn't work and then at the same time just start being more social go out to social uh, situations join a club join a uh, gym join a dance take a dance class an acting class all these things are great for meeting girls and you don't have to approach every single girl you see but just by being more social and opening up and talking to more people and making more friends this uh, literally opens you up to so many different social circles and potential places to meet more women now this is awesome you said POF so you're talking about plenty of fish are there is there a site that you prefer or or uh, you recommend I know out here tinder has been blowing up yeah. Tinder, I was just going to say that Tinder's really good. I've been uh, been recommended that a lot lately. That's actually one of my favorite ones. But uh, POF's good. I've, I've used that for a while um, with uh, teaching guys on how to you know upgrade their profiles. But that's a, that's a really good one. Anyone that has a lot of girls on there, I mean, the, the free ones are, more, are really hit or miss. You're either going to find uh, girls that really like you or just girls that have fake profiles or completely ignore you but the thing is just by having that contact and being able to reach such a great audience and a lot more uh, quantity of women it just opens you up to how to communicate and what works and what doesn't it gives you that practice for being uh, in field and in person yeah I think this, this is great a lot of times guys I think don't realize that online if you do it correctly online messaging mirrors real life mm -hmm. uh, talking almost Exactly. And uh, I was trying to explain this. Uh, I was given a presentation in New York City where I was showing a, an example of, of some Tinder messages that I had and showed and I started showing how literally when I approach a group, it, it, it it's basically the same conversational structures apply. And uh, so I think this is really great, great advice. And there's something else um, that you talk a lot about is you're a huge advocate of goal setting. Yeah. How can men use goal setting to improve with women? So all the six major successful people, um, there's a common theme that they all talk about, and that's goal setting. They don't just wake up one day and say, uh, I want to be successful at whatever I'm doing at my job or at play, at work. They all have certain goals in mind. Um, so they set short-term short -term goals and then long-term goals. And they try to meet these goals. And even if they come up a little short, just by um, reaching for those goals and striving to be their best and achieve them, it always makes them better off than when they started. So what I tell guys is to come up with a, a goal for that day. They want to go approach girls. Say if, they wanna, if they're just starting out and they've never approached any girls at all, they want to come up with a realistic goal. So something like just going up and talking to 10 girls today is the goal for the day. Or if they're a little more advanced, say they've been approaching a couple times, I say come up with a goal such as I will approach 20 girls today and get three to five phone numbers. And something like that's a little more progressive. Um, the, it's a little more challenging, but at the same time, it's not completely ridiculous. It's not completely over the top where it's so challenging and it's going to be frustrating when they don't do it. So, so, so the first, the first, it sounds like the very first goal would be approach 10 women and not worry about the consequence as yep. opposed to having a goal like I'm going to kiss a girl when I meet on the street or in a club or I'm going to take somebody home uh, where like that's a pretty advanced skill set yeah. uh, where guys who are starting out are essentially setting themselves up for failure when they set a goal like that. Exactly. Yep. So a more advanced one would like that would be great for say a longer term goal like you want to make your goals um, for that day you want to make your goals a month from now a little more progressive uh, six months from now or three months from now then six months and then maybe a year from now you want to make a goal like that where all of a sudden you want to say in a year from now I want to be able to walk up to any girl and get her number or I want to uh, go approach a x amount of girls today and and um, have kiss clothes with a couple of them. So by doing those things, just by making them progressively harder and giving yourself the time to actually get good at this stuff, you realize that when a year comes around, you actually, even if you can't make out with girls on the street um, just by picking them up, 
you're at the point where your game is so much better that that's definitely a possibility. And even if you can't do that specifically, you've improved yourself in such a great way that it's worth it. This is great. I also think that uh, one of the things that would probably come into um, or be like very relevant here is the idea of documenting your goals, right? So oftentimes people start working out and they'll, they'll forget that they're improving because they just see themselves on a daily basis unless they like take photos once a week or once a month and you can see that progression. Uh, I think that probably journaling or uh, writing down some of uh, some of what you're doing, you could even make an anonymous blog or maybe even, yeah, like I said, a private journal probably would be really relevant, relevant here. So guys could see they're growing. Um, would you agree with that? Oh yeah, absolutely. You have to write them down or you, when you write them down, you actually make them tangible and you make it so you can't forget about it. Like you said, and it's always there for you to go back to. And actually I recommend checking up on it every uh, so often to make sure you're, you're on the right path that you want to be. This is dating coach Chris Luna with Craft Charisma, and this is the perfect time to take a quick break to talk to you about something incredibly important. At Craft Charisma, we understand how important it is for you to be great, to be great at work, socially, and to have a great dating and sex life. The fact that you're listening to this podcast already means that you're different because you're actively investing in yourself and in your goals. We think that's awesome. And we want to talk to you about how Craft Charisma Live programs can take you to the next level. Every day I get letters from men who started just where you're at now. They were trying to improve with women, wondering whether they could change. Often they question themselves because of their look, looks, age, ethnicity, accent, height, personal history, or something else. But in each case, each man made the investment in himself, took a Craft Charisma Live program, and it changed his life. In our live programs, we teach you the foundations of great dating skills by having you drill them until you no longer have to think about them. Then we take you into bars, clubs, and onto the street to teach you how to apply these strategies in live situations on strangers. Our coaches are there every step of the way to assist, demonstrate, give you feedback, and to help you reach your goals. Craft Christmas Live programs are the best dating coaching programs in the world. If you're serious about reaching that next level, we can help you get there fast. If you're interested in learning more, contact us at craftcharisma.com. We look forward to hearing more about your situation and helping you reach your goals. Now back to the podcast. You have some interesting thoughts on the benefits of hypnosis and visualization. Can you talk about how you or your clients have benefited from these tools? Uh, when I was first starting off, one of the best things that, uh, that helped me out with overcoming my uh, insecurities and my uh, approach anxiety and even my inner game about just having more confidence was hypnosis and I recommended I recommend now currently to for my clients if they if it's something they're interested I don't try to force it on them because some people don't believe in hypnosis or, or whatnot but uh, I recommend guys like Paul McKenna or uh, Andrew Dobson and the self-hypnosis tracks that they give um, it really helps with changing your subconscious mind. So like guys who are just starting off usually are insecure for whatever reasons. They're usually shy or they don't know what to say. And then they have the approach anxiety because they're going up to beautiful women. And that all stems from your subconscious mind about having these uh, negative beliefs. And the subconscious mind is something that you can't control consciously, obviously. And it's not something that you can just say, oh, I want to change this and I'm going to get over all these inner beliefs that I have, all these inner negative beliefs. So what hypnosis does is it um, puts you in a relaxed state of mind and it actually talks to your subconscious mind so that you're feeding it positive thoughts and affirmations. And these um, affirmations and positive thoughts reach your subconscious mind to the point where it takes over and just... Um, Rather than having this process of giving you negative thoughts all day, it gives you positive thoughts and it actually can help you work on things like confidence and being more outgoing and getting over your anxiety and approach anxiety. I actually used this when I was going through uh, anxiety and panic attacks and even depression at, at, at a time. It really helped me out with overcoming these things. So I know it works and I definitely recommend it a lot and 
um, a lot of my clients have actually dabbled with it and seen some pretty good results. Yeah, no, I, I've never used hypnosis, but as I was reading your book, one of the things I really did like was something you just kind of talked about here was that oftentimes people are having negative conversations with themselves and you have negative thoughts running through your head all day long or guys have negative thoughts running through their head all day long and having something that or a tool that uh, puts positive thoughts into their head uh, can only be helpful. So if a guy is shy and he wants to date more, what are some of the biggest challenges? You talked a little bit about um, some of the, the emotional or mental challenges. Maybe you want to expand on this. But yeah, what are the biggest challenges and how does he overcome them? Um, the biggest challenges for any shy guy just starting off is obviously being more social because shy guys are introverted by nature. I'm a shy guy myself. I know a lot. Of, there actually, there's a study out there that says 50% of populations um, naturally introverted. So half the people you come across during the day are introverted. They're basically they're shy at times. They have their moments when they just want to be by themselves. They want to be um, they want to be away from people. They want to just have their time and their thoughts in their head and and basically just um, be an introvert. But so the the main goal for them is to just start being more social in, in social situations. So like I said, I myself am a shy guy. Uh, naturally introverted. I like my time alone, but when I go out in social situations, um, I just turn on the switch. I become more social. I become more outgoing. I become friendly. I talk to everybody I see. Uh, I talk to the lady behind the register at the convenience store. I talk to the old couple walking by. I talk to um, girls I'm not attracted to. I talk to guys. I say hi to everybody I see. And this puts me in that mood to be more um, outgoing and start more conversations. So even if I'm not approaching any day, uh, a particular day, I still like to be outgoing when I'm in social situations because I know this just helps me and uh, helps me get out of my shell because I tend to naturally want to be introverted and, be in, and have a shell where I don't want to talk to people. But by doing this, it just opens me up. And I actually have I've seen that... Um, my success with women becomes a lot better and my conversations and the way I talk and the way I flow just becomes so much better when I'm being more social and just talking to everybody. So this is the number one thing I recommend to, to the guys, uh, to the shy guys just starting off. Yeah, I think this is actually excellent advice. I know that oftentimes when guys are starting out, you'll like, I'll get objections and, and I'll have to work through them. Um, but they'll all get objections where guys will say, well, I'm not interested in her. I don't want to waste my time. And and I try to tell them that you're not wasting your time. Mm -hmm. um, you want to be able to, if you want to be a great seductionist, you want to be able to walk into a room and talk to anyone. That means like the, the, the men, the women, people are attracted, people are ugly. Uh, you want to give off because so much of this is your energy, right? Yeah. Um, so much of, of being great socially is is your energy, the type of energy that you put into the world and people reciprocate it. Like it's hard to, to, to say no to a person who seems like a cool, like normal social person. It's hard to kind of turn them away. And, uh, because the truth is we all want more people like that in our life. Yep, and, yep. uh, but I think this is a, is a great, like just really a great, great point. Do you ever, do you ever get those kind of objections where guys say, Hey, like I, I don't want to do this because uh, it's a waste of my time. And if so, like, what do you tell them? Yeah, actually, I do get those objections. Because um, most of the guys I deal with, not um, I'd say about half the guys I deal with are really, really introverted. So they don't like being put on the spot like that. They don't like being the center of attention. But the best, the easiest way I can, um, I deal with that is just by doing it myself. Um, if they're a little hesitant to start talking to random people or striking up conversations with people or even when it comes down to actually approaching um, girls, if they're hesitant on doing all this stuff, the, the best thing I can do um, that I found out is just do it myself. So I lead by example and I'll start just striking up conversations with girls or high-fiving girls as we're walking by or talking to everybody that we see and asking them how their day is and being more social and just by me being more social and having that good energy that you talked about, it's almost contagious and I can kind of 
pass it off there onto him. And by watching me do it and watching um, me being successful at it and having a good time and being more social and, and having fun and approaching girls and, and you know, getting numbers and being um, social with them, it's so much easier for them to see when they see this. It's so much easier for them to do it because they know that it can be done. No, this is great. I know it's funny because I'm, I'm actually not. People meet me and they think that I'm uh, incredibly social all the time, but I'm actually like pr pretty introverted. I, uh, I'm not coaching. I spend most of my time reading and drawing and kind of learning music, uh, but <laughs> it's not something that like I, I spend all my time talking. Uh, I don't walk, I spend all my free time talking to every person I see. And, and I think that's also a really important point for people listening. It's that you don't need to be like this all the time. You don't need to be the person who talks to everybody all the time, but you need this tool in your toolbox if you want to have options. I know you talked about how you could kind of turn it on like a light switch and uh, because it's part of your repertoire. Mm -hmm. And I think that a lot of the guys who come up with this as an objection, um, they would have so many more options in life uh, whether it's women or friends or opportunities to try new things or even career opportunities, if they had the ability to, to kind of turn this kind of light switch on, turn the switch on and be able to come into a room and be the most social person in the room when they needed to be. That's what means that they could go home and, and be an introvert. But I think it's an important skill to have. And, and uh, it's really interesting to listen to, to kind of how you approach this. Are there any things that you do or teach to quickly help men get comfortable in a new social situation or place? Um, like I talked about earlier, the probably the best thing to do is to just be more social. And you find out that when you're talking to everybody and whether it's that person you're attracted to or whether it's um, just some random person that you have absolutely no attraction to or um, motive for trying to talk to them, like say you get their number or anything like that. Just by being more social and talking, you find that you become more comfortable. And you find that when you can make friends and have person have a person relate to you and talk about themselves and then you talk about yourselves, it's almost like you're more comfortable when you have people uh, who have your back. So like we're more comfortable I believe as humans when we're in groups or tribes and if we can go out in social situations and almost like recreate those groups or tribes where we're talking to a couple people and making friends and being friendly and laughing having that good energy that just automatically makes you more comfortable and makes you more open to uh, having more successful approaches and having a better time. You know it's funny out here we have uh, once here we have fleet week and one of the hardest days of the year to pick up girls is during fleet week because these guys, uh, the sailors come into town and they're in massive groups and all of them are dressed the same and they have more energy than anybody in the venue, even if they're shy guys, because they're in a big group. Absolutely. And uh, so it's, it's, that's so, so true. So something else you talk about in your book along this kind of same uh, thought process is comfortable places. Can you explain what that is? Yeah. So, um, if a guy wants to um, go start approaching girls, I recommend for him to go, the, the best places for him to go would be to places that he's comfortable going to. So if he's a diehard introvert and just crazy shy and he's first starting out, I don't actually recommend him going out to a loud bar or a nightclub because he's just going to get eaten alive out there. He's, it's going to be too loud. It's going to be too aggressive for him. And he's not going to have fun. He's not going to be comfortable. And he's not going to have a good time. And he's not going to be successful with meeting the type of girl he wants. So what I recommend instead is for him to go to places that he naturally goes to. Like if he likes um, going to the park and taking his dog for a walk. And there's a lot of girls that hang out there. I recommend him start talking to the girls at the park that he uh, that he comes across. If he likes to go to the uh, local basketball court and shoot some hoop. I recommend him going over there if there's girls that uh, frequent that area. Or if he likes to read books and he likes to just hang out, I recommend him 
um, go to like a Barnes and Noble type of place where he's more comfortable. And actually, the thing with this is to um, not only will he be more comfortable in these types of situations, where he um, these types of places where he always goes, but at the same time, he's gonna he's more likely to meet someone who's more compatible with him if he goes to places that he likes to go, because he's gonna find a girl who likes to go to those same places. That makes sense. Yeah, it makes complete sense. It's it's absolutely amazing advice. You you also talk a lot about body language and eye contact. Why is this important, and how does a man communicate the right body language and eye contact with a woman? So going back to the whole uh, subcommunication thing and um, your subconscious mind, when you're having those negative thoughts and everything, um, you're you subconsciously they say body language is like seventy up to seventy five percent of your communication, and they say the words that you actually speak is really only about five to ten percent and then the rest is um, you know your tone of voice and everything but it's so important to um, have great body language and that all stems from what you're thinking inside but if you can work on those things and improve your thoughts and your energy and everything you end up turning your body language around and you communicate that you're more confident and that you're uh, comfortable in your skin and just a few uh, tips to give would be to um, always try to keep your your shoulders back, your head up. You never want to look down when you're approaching a girl. That just completely uh, displays uh, inferior value if you're looking down. You also want to maintain. Can you explain why that is? Um, yeah, it just it's almost like you're scared uh, of what you're doing when you're looking down at a, at a girl instead of looking, uh, keeping eye contact or even uh, looking slightly above because um, it's almost like that puppy dog when you talk to, you yell at a puppy dog or if it, if it uh, pees in the, in, the, in the house, all of a sudden it's going to put its head down and look down because it's scared, it's timid. But if it, on the other hand, if a, if a dog's uh, waving his tail and looking at you and being happy, that just displays how, how he's feeling inside and it's the same way here. If you're looking down on a girl when you approach her, you're just displaying that you're scared, you're timid, you're, uh, you're not believing in what you're doing and just by keeping that eye contact and looking at her, you're so much more confident and the, um, you're displaying that you're um, believing in what you're doing and that you believe in what you're saying. That's awesome. So what are some of the other tips you had? Uh, for body language, yeah. Um, so you want to keep your head up. You want to uh, shoulders back. You want to be as tall as you can be. I mean, even if you're not a tall guy, you still want to try to stand up as tall as you can because this also displays um, strength. And if you're slouched over, you're displaying that weakness again and that timidness. So stand as tall as you can be. Um, have your arms uh, in a comfortable position. Ideally, when you start to talk, you want to be moving your arms and um, be more animated because this um, this displays uh, confidence as well, and also it gives uh, off good energy and good vibes when you're able to um, be more animated and be in that moment, and the girl can actually sense this and feed off it as well. Oh, this is great. So, something something else you talk about in your book is. Uh... I mean, we kind of mentioned it, but eye contact. What are some strat like how how long? What are some strategies guys can use for for eye contact? How does a guy uh, make sure that he's holding eye contact long enough, but not too long? Uh, what do you have any tips for that? Yeah. So um, eye contact uh, in the game, anyways, in the community. Sometimes I feel like it's misrepresented, where. Uh, a lot of coaches would just recommend keeping eye contact as long as possible. Which can be super weird. Yeah, it can get really creepy after a moment or two. And this is something you don't want to do. You don't want to creep the girl out, especially when you're just approaching her. So what I recommend is holding it for a few seconds. Uh, I say roughly three to eight seconds, sometimes a little less, sometimes a little longer. And then just naturally looking away. Or when she's talking, you want to look at her look in her eyes for the most part and then have those breaks in there but when so when she's talking you want to 
basically be focusing on her eyes and then when you go to say something you want to look away for a second break the eye contact give it um, that natural that natural break in eye contact that people have when they're communicating but then you want to go back and put your eyes back on her so you want to try to be as natural as possible with this you don't want to come across as being um, you don't want to look away a lot because that's also um, similar to looking down um, it's almost like when you look away after you say something, you're not standing by what you're saying. Um, you're not confident in what you're saying. And so you don't want to do that. But at the same time, you don't want to lock eyes with her, like you said, and creep her out because this is something that I feel like a lot of guys um, just starting out have trouble uh, at first with. They want to, they hear that they have to maintain eye contact. So they just lock their eyes on her for too long and it gets really creepy and the girl gets turned off this way, obviously. So. <laughs> Yep, what are you saying? No, I was just say it's, it's okay to blink. Exactly, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's great to blink. And I just recommend trying to um, be as natural with it as possible. Don't, don't even think about it. Don't think about that three to eight second rule or anything. Just, but just, just know that in the back of your head that you want to take those natural breaks and you want to look away to, uh, to, to break the tension and, and, and make it more relaxing and comfortable for her at the same time. In your book, you said something I like. You said that you should hold it a split second longer than she does. Yeah. And then break. Good. Yep. Try to hold it, especially right when you approach at the very beginning. You want to try to, again, this is going back to the dominance thing and being confident in what you're doing and what you're saying. So if you hold it for just a half a second longer than her or, or uh, one second longer than her, she's um, basically being submissive and you're getting that dominance factor and you're getting more value in her eyes, literally in her eyes, um, by being able to uh, keep that eye contact with her just for a, a, a semi-second uh, longer than her. Yeah, I think that's a great point and, and something that you kind of touched on but didn't say, uh, didn't explicitly say, but when a woman keeps looking down and she's talking to you, it usually means that she's attracted to you. Yeah. Right. And, and, uh, because she's getting nervous unless you, unless you're staring at her for very extended periods of time and not blinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but usually what happens is if a girl doesn't feel comfortable, she'll leave the situation. So the assumption is that, uh, if she's continuing to talk to you, you don't have her locked against a wall or against the bar stools. She has, she, you're in an open area where she can walk away at any time, but she's looking down. It's because, uh, she's a choosing to be there and be, you're making her feel a certain level of nervousness and that's a good thing. Absolutely. I agree. Uh, something else I want to ask you about was uh, if you see a man sees a woman that he's attracted to, how should he approach her and what should he say? Well, I think this all comes down to where the guy is um, in, in his game. If he's just starting off, it's very hard for him to be. I know a lot of guys teach this and I recommend it to to guys who can pull it off. Um, but if a guy's just starting off, I usually recommend that he goes indirect. So a lot of indirect openers um, work great here. Um, can you give an example of an indirect opener? Yep, just uh, asking for directions like, uh, um, do you know where the train station, excuse me, do you know where the train station is from here? And then you stop her and from there you can take it any way you want. A lot of the time, I actually recommend going direct right after an indirect opener. That indirect opener is basically just to stop her and that's it. And then you can take it any way you want. Like I said, a lot of the time I like to go direct, give her a compliment. Oh, by the way, you look really cute. And then introduce yourself. And this is one of the best things I can recommend for new guys because they don't have that confidence quite build up to the point where they can just start successfully um, going direct and complimenting girls and telling them that they're cute or they're beautiful, that they find them very attractive. It's just very hard for um, introverts and shy guys to do this right away. So I do recommend them going indirect. However, after a few, after they get warmed up or after a, a short period of time where they do get more confident, uh, I love going direct. I recommend that for them. And just being more direct uh, is is good because it weeds out the girls who um, right away are going to just say no because they're not interested in you and you can move on to somebody else. And it also, it actually speeds things up because if you go in direct right away, she can either, she can also um, reciprocate uh, what you're telling her and be 
uh, open to your approach and you're going to know right away without wasting your time if she's interested or if she's not. Now, this is awesome. Actually, that was my next question as we were as we were talking through this. What were the advantages of going direct versus indirect? And uh, now that that's that's a great perspective. Once you uh, once you've told a girl that you have interest in her, you've kind of shifted towards direct. What do you do next? After going direct, uh, I mean, if okay, so we'll say that she after I go direct and she. Um, she's open to it. She's laughing, say, or she's uh, smiling and thanking you for for giving her a compliment. At that point, you just want to start building rapport. You just want to make her comfortable. You want to uh, start finding commonalities between yourself and her, and you want to um, you want to make a connection with her. And from there, it's pretty easy if a girl is open to your uh, direct line and she is smiling or laughing, it's pretty easy and almost guaranteed at that point that you're going to get the number. So whether you spend uh, half an hour talking to her because you want to talk to her and you have a great connection with her or you just want to get her number and move on to the next one and you want to just spend uh, a minute or two, that's perfectly fine because at that point she's pretty much um, She's pretty much good to go. She's pretty much going to give you that number regardless, unless you completely say something stupid, which is sometimes what I recommend guys. That's why I recommend guys um, just keep it short and sweet so they don't actually mess up and say completely something to kill that chance. So, so a lot of the time it's good to just do a minute or two approach after you, um, after you go direct and she's open to it and she's happy about it. Do you, do you have any specific tips for building rapport or building a strong connection? Um. The tips I have about rapport uh, are mainly um, mirroring her and trying to basically do uh, what she's doing. So by mirroring her, you want to uh, – it's basically like looking into a mirror. So if you're talking to her she's and she's like leaning back, you want to lean back as well. This also goes back to the whole value thing about giving up too much value like you talked about earlier. So if she's looking away from you, you want to sort of look away from her as well. If she's leaning back, you want to lean back. If she's talking fast, you want to kind of speed up and talk a little faster too. You, If she has her hands on her hips, you can put your hands on your hips as well. If um, she puts, she touches her hair and you know is combing her hair for a minute, uh, a couple seconds later, you can do the same thing. And by doing all these things, it actually subconsciously um, makes her think of you more like her. And as people, we love thinking of, uh, we love connecting with people who are like ourselves. So by doing these things and making yourself look like her, she's going to be more uh, willing to connect with you because she sees herself in you. And that's the best way I can describe uh, mirroring. And it, it builds rapport really fast when you do things like this. Oh, this is, I think these are great, great tips. I want to ask you about one other idea that you talk about, which is, uh, this idea of pretending to be great. Can you explain what that is and how it could potentially help uh, listeners? Yeah. Okay. So the pretending to be great. This is awesome for just starting out. For people just starting out, this is one of the best things that they can do right away. So um, I believe it's put it in my ebook, um, The Seven Secrets, and I talk about it in detail there. But the pretending to be great thing is for any guy who doesn't have any confidence at all and he's just starting out he doesn't know where to start he's very shy he could be insecure about a lot of things for him to go out and just suddenly start approaching all kinds of girls and thinking that he's going to be successful meeting girls um, it's just not going to happen right away his internal uh, dialogue is going to be off his confidence is going to be off his energy is going to be off he's just going to be because he's well the only thing he's known for his whole life is being shy and introverted and not being social. So the best thing I can tell him is to almost think of yourself as an actor. So you want to think of someone who's great with women, whether in a movie, um, like the Tom Cruise character, or you know, like a Johnny Depp kind of character, like this alpha male guy who just talks to women and is great with women. Think of some cool guy in a movie that you can pretend to be, or one of your friends, like my buddy The Natural. I I know. Uh, he helped me out with something with with this same concept with pretending to be great like he was at times, 
and just either finding a, a friend of yours who you know is great with women or someone like a movie character and just kind of um, mirroring what they do and almost pretending to be uh, pretending to be like them when you go talk to women. So instead of having these insecure thoughts and feelings and internal dialogue in your head, all of a sudden you become this great seducer and this great ladies man and you're able to say things and do things that you wouldn't uh, normally be able to do and this really helps you with just um, with getting more confident be because it, you actually start to see uh, results with, with girls that when you, when you do this little trick and actually after a short time you become that, that great seducer and, and it, you don't have to uh, act anymore it actually becomes natural and you find that you are this great seducer and that it, it worked actually yeah, I found, I found this a really interesting tip because there's like a, a lot of different places in, in society where people use this. Um, I think about in acting, they actually have something called masks where people wear masks. And, the, and one of the ideas is that it causes people to free up or they do something called, um, I don't remember the exact term, but they pretend that they're animals. Right. So somebody pretends that they're a lion, how would a lion move? How would a lion stand or how would a, a, a zebra move or a zebra? A zebra would stand very tall. Right. Mm -hmm. And and they'll use that in the development of characters because it's a, a an emotional or mental tool that allows them to free up outside of the box of their their normal habits. I know that uh, years ago I had a, one of my best friends would throw parties. And every year after Halloween, he would collect, uh, and I actually started picking up this habit from him, uh, he would collect Halloween costumes, like masks, hats, crazy hair, sunglasses, and he would, he'd throw lots of parties, and when people would come over, he'd just throw these boxes out uh, around the house, and uh, people would come in, they'd be a little nervous, and then pretty soon somebody would put on a pirate hat, and they'd be talking like a pirate, or a, a Bob Marley kind of wig, and they'd be... Uh, like a Rastafarian, right? And uh, But what it allowed them to do is it allowed them to kind of get outside their normal habit, habits and normal behaviors, that box we can all live in and free themselves up. And I felt like when I was reading uh, this part of your book, I felt like this was a great exercise for doing that. Absolutely. That sounds really fun, actually. <laughs> Justin, this has been awesome, uh, but we need to wrap it up. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time to talk to me. It's been an absolute pleasure. If you're listening and you want to learn more about Justin, his book, or coaching programs, we're going to post some links on the Craft Charisma website and within the description for the, this podcast uh, so you can reach him or learn about him more easily. So thanks again, Justin, for coming on. Thanks, Chris. I appreciate it. Hi, it's Chris Luna with Craft Charisma absolutely another awesome podcast with another incredible guest uh, if you haven't followed us yet make sure that you follow us on stitcher on soundcloud on itunes whatever it is that uh, you're using to listen to this podcast if there's a guest that you want on here reach out to me make sure that uh, that i know uh, i'll get them on the show uh, i'll beg them yell scream stand outside their house whatever i'll, I'll get them on the show for you guys uh, but make sure you let me know who those people are. You can reach out to me through Twitter, uh, Twitter forward slash Craft Charisma, Facebook, Facebook forward slash Craft Charisma, or you can email me, Chris at craftcharisma.com, and I will do everything I can to make sure that happens. Again, we want to continue to improve this podcast so that we can help you reach your goals. So uh, bye for now, and you'll hear from me again soon.